HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives. I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better. I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because, to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious. Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. This is Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. It's Tuesday, June 14th, 2016. We're talking to some of New York's craft beer entrepreneurs. Sitting in the studio with me is co-owner and founder of Crossroads Brewing, Ken Landon. And we've got Matt from uh, Beer Culture in New York City and uh, Ben and Brendan from As Is and House Kitchen. So what, what kind of show is this going to be tonight, Ann? This is going to be a happy show with positive beer talk um i think we all need it after this week we've you know collectively had as a country so let's get let's get cracking that's right and you know there's something about beer entrepreneurs you know whether you're a, a, a small brewery owner or a beer bar owner that we all have in common so this is going to be a good good show and uh, big shout out to uh, union beer distributors our sponsor supplier of world-class ales and lagers and if you're on twitter at beer underscore sessions, uh, we'll be tweeting the, at the show. So, all right, Kenny, uh, tell us about this. You, you, you got started uh, Athens, New York Crossroads. We had you on the show years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's it like for you then and now, you know, having a new brewery in New York State? Uh, well, as you know, everything has changed. The breweries that are cropping up left and right are incredible. Um, I'm happy to be in some really, really good company with uh, the other breweries. Um, we're actually... We, we've been pumping out so much beer, um, and we're at capacity, so we're in the process of uh, expanding. We're going to put in a 25-barrel system up in the Hudson Valley, and hopefully we'll be able to fulfill some of our um, uh, some more accounts down in the city and get back to uh, where I'm from. Yeah, so, we missed you down here. Yeah, yeah I remember when I you started. It. You were coming down. You had a distributor. 
And I what you're just so busy at, you're like an old opera house, aren't you? We're in an old opera house, yep. We have a seven-barrel system. Um, our signature beer is, as you guys know, is Outrage IPA. We won a lot of awards for that, um, as well as the Maggie's Farm Saison that we're drinking now. That won a uh, bronze medal at GABF, so we're proud of that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's incredible what's going on. Uh, even up, I mean, down here, up there, it doesn't matter where you are. The breweries are just, everywhere you go, there's a new brewery. And the, the beer for the customer, the selection is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, I, it may, I can't really say that anyone's brewing any bad beer. It just may not be the beer that you like. Because all the beer is really, really good that we're yeah. all brewing. So. Well, it's great, man. It's great to have you back on the Thank show. Thank you. Thank you. And Matt, tell us about beer culture. Tell us how you got started. And uh, you also opened a new bar, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, we just opened up. Um, actually, the first full day was yesterday. Um, the new spot's on 72nd uh, between Broadway and West End. Gebhardt's Beer Culture. Um, yeah, and then um, we've got the uh, the original, we're calling it OGBC, the original beer culture on uh, 45th between 8th and 9th. You know what's funny about OG? I, I miss that whole era. To me, it was Oriental Gardens, which was this restaurant. <laughs> Same thing. That's what we're going for anyway, too. <laughs> the OG. But, uh, and tell us, how, how did you start beer culture? Um, I was with BXL for uh, about 10 years before I, uh, I, started, I set out on my own. Just the Belgian beer bar. Belgian beer City. bar, yeah. And then uh, they, they had a couple of locations. So we, we, uh, uh, I was in the, uh, the Belgian beer realm for a long time. Before that, I was with Oma Gang for a couple of years. And just before that, I was an exchange student to Belgium. So got my, my sea legs in beer pretty young. Um, and you're over, you're over in, like, Hell's Kitchen, yeah, West Side of Manhattan. That's right, the 45th Street locations in Hell's Kitchen. So, yeah, that one's been open about three years now. And then that's great, man. Just Welcome to the show. And now the other guys, new beer bar owners, you guys introduce yourselves and just tell us a little brief overview of, of your place. I'm uh, Brandon, uh, and I'm Ben, and we're both from As Is, which is a new beer bar in Hell's Kitchen. We opened up uh, about four and a half months ago now at the end of January. Uh, so, you know, rotating, 20 lines rotating. We have a pretty large bottle list as well. And then we also do uh, draft cocktails and food. All right. And what, what inspired you guys to open a beer bar in uh, Manhattan? Brandon and I have known each other for, for a while now. We've worked together in various capacities for a number of years now. Uh, we actually met through coffee. We both used to be baristas and were pretty uh, into the new york coffee scene uh and brandon sort of transitioned into bartending he was doing like cocktail bartending at a a very good cocktail bar called weather up and i uh, was roasting coffee at the time we kind of decided that weather we, up that's in tribeca isn't it yeah, yeah. There's one in, uh, that's kind of a hip spot. one in uh, uh tribeca and then one in brooklyn and they just opened in austin also so, wow. Well, guys, welcome to the show. So, Ann, we're going to start by talking about what beer and trompreneur is. We're going to follow the notes. So, uh, you know, what, what does it take? Ask each one of you guys, what did it take for you guys to go from, from working for someone to opening your, your own business? And uh, you start, Ken, because I, I don't think you ever worked for anybody. I did. No, I was in my own business for quite some time. But I, I was leaning a little bit to, towards, like, maybe stupidity or <laughs> because you got to have we're a little insane. Because you got to have a little of all of that to get into this industry. But and what uh, year was that again? Oh boy, we opened Crossroads in uh, 2009, and I worked with uh, Butternuts for quite some time before that. When 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 we would when he was just opening, he's just celebrated I think his 15th anniversary. So 
I've got to know a lot of people. Um, but you used to you used to work for Butterness. So how did you do it? Because you were a contractor, you drove around. Tell us I that was, story. I was, I was a drywall contractor in Queens and Long Island, and I used to when uh, Chuck was first uh, brewing his beer up in Garrettsville. He would send pallets of uh, the Port Slap Pale Ale down to Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and I would pick them up with my van, and as I would come home from my jobs, I would stop at bars and home distributors, and I would drop the beer off until we got that up to about 30, 35 accounts, and uh, then he eventually signed with Union, and he's still with Union and, uh, you know, Tri-Valley Ale Knife uh, to this day, and, uh, and that's how I, you know, just learned. I didn't get paid. I got paid in beer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I made a lot of, you know, Joe Marino was someone that uh, we had started with from American Beer. Um, you know, uh, that I, was I, your first distributor in New York. Real small, right. For, for Crossroads. And I had a great relationship with him and he eventually got out of the business. But, um, you know, I, I've always maintained all of the relationships that I created when I was with Chuck at Butternuts. And it kind of helped me when we opened Crossroads, you know. So. Yeah. And then Matt, tell us, how'd you jump from uh, working at BXL to owning your own bar? But, you know, um, the BXL gave me a real uh, good basis in the industry. Um, my uh, my boss, Eve, Eve McKeels, he's the owner of the BXLs. He gave me a lot of liberties behind, uh, behind the bar as far as ordering different wonderful beers. But there was still this limitation of Belgian, Belgian style only, um, which was okay for a while. But at a certain point, you know, the, the American brewers really need to be represented, in my mind. For a Belgian place... Obviously, they need to, to focus on on the on the Belgians, but that gave me the the urge for creativity, and I wanted to get out there, and I really wanted to support a lot of our our, uh, our local brewers. So, um, did you do it on your own, or do you have partners? I've got some um, investors. Other than that, um, it was uh, it was it was a pretty uh, solo effort for quite some time until uh, we were about to open, and then um, I hired Peter Malfatti as my bar manager who's now the beverage director for the two locations. And um, he really helped me get through a lot of that, that hard point, connecting with the with everybody else and getting all the, the, the beers in order. I mean, you know, we've got about 450 different beers. So just to get on the board and get it, get in line with everybody and, and figure out who's who in the, in the industry, I mean, he was, a, he was key uh, in, in that. Was there a time when you, you weren't sure if you were going to make it, or did, did you just open and things went... Well, I, th- I think that it was. <laughs> it was so. Um, it was such a crazy thing to do in my mind, and still now looking back to jump from a structured uh, industry, you know, being a beverage director for somebody in their bars, and then to jump into something, really an industry, uh, the sides of the industry that I wasn't familiar with, like the real estate side, and then the uh, the insurance, and and dealing with the taxes and so on. It was something that was so new to me that. I didn't know enough about how much I didn't know for me to be afraid of it. And now that I've looked back and that I got through it, it's kind of a miracle uh, <laughs> that I've learned that I was able to learn all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, that was, those were the times where it was scary. It was really scary. Um, yeah. You're right. And you, you guys, as is. So you're a Shakespeare-inspired bar. No, I want to say. <laughs> how'd you come up with the name, as is? Uh, we just sort of like the name. There's not that much of a story behind it. I guess as we've sort of been open, we've figured out that a lot of what we're serving and kind of what we like about beer as a beverage is that it's sort of served as, as is. <laughs> and it's similar uh, with the cocktails and the, the way that we serve the cocktails. We wanted to sort of uh, 
kind of remove some of the the magic between the uh, mixology and just sort of so everything's on draft and they're just sort of also served as is. That's cool. You know, it's funny in a lot of like commercial leases, they they call it as is contract. You know, right? Right. So so tell us about when you, when you when you found a space. Because yeah. you're kind of new to it, like you're kind of in the game. Yeah. Tell us, they're laughing over there. He's trying to open a beer. Matt, what are you trying to open a beer? <laughs> of course, he's got a transmitter shirt on, and he brought a transmitter from uh, Long Island City. Look he's at pointing that. at Ann, and she's he just pulled, it over his <laughs> He pulled the top of the cork off, but that's my phone. So tell us again. So you guys were, yeah. you're kind of in this in this year, which is kind of like you're up to the moment. Yeah, so it took what was it like finding a space? And yeah, we had a stuff. pretty, there, uh, there it is. Pretty, Go, I don't know. It was a pretty long road to kind of get it open. It was about almost a two-year journey of like with the landlord, which was a big issue. And then sort of once we got it going, though, it, it turned out beautifully. But it was just sort of a, I don't know, a lot of different issues with the structure of the building. To uh, I don't know. And when you, when you started, like, did you actually sign the lease? And, and when I'm thinking you could get your, li- yeah. your liquor license, or did you did you have to like this? have clauses, opt out clauses? Uh, we signed the lease, and we were sort of. Working with a lawyer on getting the license as we opened, uh, we actually had a pretty good process of getting a liquor license. That was like the least of our worries. We had a lot of issues with the landlord, as Brandon said, and also the structure of the space that we took over. He's coming in right now to talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like one of those moments, your life, this is your life. (laughs) And there's some weird guy coming in. What? Yeah. With heaps of contracts ready yeah. for you to. Yeah, there are Kenny, ask him some. So any, Kenny, you have a radio show upstate now. Yes, I do. On a, well, yeah, it's I a do. live network. Yeah, it's on uh, WGXE. It's 90.7. You can stream it. Um, so I do it once a month, and we bring in, you know, similar to this, but not, you know, obviously not as big, but, uh, you know, we bring in brewers. We bring in um, anybody in the agricultural sector. Um, it's just you know it's just really giving everybody an opportunity to get their name out there and just give them a plug about the breweries that are you know yeah that, that, that's and, and also as a, as a business owner you're also involved in what your chamber of commerce yeah I sit on the board of directors of the chamber of commerce uh, for uh, Green County as well um, you know it, it, it's I just I, I, I want to know what's going on you know what we're up against so and uh, you know it's just it's a it's a good thing to be part of your community you know. Um, if somebody wanted to visit, you know, a lot of people in the city like to go upstate and try to, you know, visit as many breweries as they can. Is Athens or the area where you are easily accessible for that? Are there places to stay? Yeah, actually, actually, Athens is one of the easier uh, towns. Um, I took the Amtrak down. You get on the Hudson. Uh, um, I take Amtrak. It got me in Penn Station. <laughs> All the ears uh, perked up of yeah. us that don't have cars. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can do it in two hours. Uh, my train was delayed today, but... Uh, you know, two hours, and then uh, from Hudson, it, you know, if you know someone, you can get picked up and brought over to Athens. Um, they actually have a ferry that runs on the weekends as well, so you can take the ferry from Hudson to Athens and come and see us. You don't even need a car. Perfect. So, um, you know, the cab service is a little uh, iffy, but you can get a cab sometimes. Um, but uh, we're creating a, a Green County um, beer trail right now that... Uh, uh, it's just for Green County. We're going to probably incorporate Columbia County eventually because there's a lot more breweries in Columbia County right now. I mean, we were just talking before you. You know, um, the Sloop is now open. I think Suarez is open. You got Hudson. You got uh, Claverack. That's just a couple right across the river. And over in Green County, there's Hamos, there's Cave Mountain, uh, Angeles, which uh, Nat, the co-founder of um, Tap New York, uh, was the head brewer there for a while. Um, so, I mean. 
it's it's really 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 cool to see what's going on, especially in the Hudson Valley. Forget about that. I can't even keep track of what's going on down here. <laughs> no, it's wild. You hey know? Matt, what, are there any uh, like Hudson Valley or upstate New York breweries that, that you feature a lot of beer culture? Um, because of my affiliation with Oma Gang, of course, we're really closely closely related to those guys. So. Um, them for sure. Uh, Keegan Ailes. Oh, oh, we always have uh, have some Tommy of their stuff. Tommy Keegan. Good old Tommy Keegan. What a guy. Um, he has the biggest head in the whole world. <laughs> he's a massive guy. He's a big guy. He's smart. And I'm going to give a big shout out to him. He was on a show years ago, and he had our first kind of like fake call-in person. Someone called in to make a joke about him. And he's great. But, he, he you know, he's unassuming. He went to see, I think he went to um, UC Davis or something. So a real accomplished I'm good, guy. Good friends. I'm, I'm good friends with Tommy. He's a... He's a, a He's an interesting fellow. We love that. We got to get him down for the summer. And you guys, as is, are there, are there any uh, New York State beers that, that you're getting from upstate? Uh, we definitely have had Sloop in the mix a number of times, and then we have Peekskill, which is not very far upstate. But a lot, I think a lot of the ones that uh, Kenny just mentioned, not, not many of them distribute to New York. Well, that's what's changed a lot, right? When See? you first started, <laughs> you were actually coming. To, you were probably selling more of your beer to New York City. And what, yeah. now, now you're selling it mostly up there, right? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing for us to see that uh, the growth up there. You know, I think that uh, Albany as well is just a great market. And I, you don't see, I mean, you see some good stuff up there, but you don't see as much obviously as down here. So I think Albany is still a good market to be in. Um, but Sloop, you know, they're they're relatively new and they're they're knocking it out of the park. They're they're pheno- their beer is phenomenal. They do really uh, good sours. That's kind of like their thing. Um, and Plan B is a smaller. I, I think there's more nano breweries, and I think that um, they may be a little skittish to sign up with distributors, not knowing not if they're going to be able to fulfill the commitment to get the beer out to the market. So you know they kind of like taking baby steps. But um, that's great, man. We're off to a great start. We're talking about beer entrepreneurs, and Ann likes beer and uh, beer sessions radio. All right, we're back in a few minutes. All right. L. Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we got a special announcement. You know, uh, we, we got a New York State uh, craft beverage grant, and um, 
with Heritage Radio Network. We went up and done a couple of shows, and the first one's going to air next Tuesday. So next Tuesday on uh, June 21st, live at 5 p.m. will be our special Hudson Valley show. And uh, we were up not, not too far from you, Kenny. We were with Suarez Family Brewers and Plan B and uh, From the Ground and some other guys. So that's next Tuesday. And, um, and on Monday night at Jimmy's number 43, we'll have a launch party. So if you're in New York City... Um, We'll, we'll, we'll be there Monday night. So, hey, you know, we're talking about, we got some other fun stuff we'll talk about a little bit, and don't worry. Um, Kenny, tell us about, so, you know, you're a beer entrepreneur, you got a, uh, you know, brewery up in uh, Athens, New York, but you brought beer down to us in a growler, and just tell us about, like, I, I love local breweries, I feel like that there's room for more, it's like a coffee shop on every corner, you know, but you, you brought your beer down to us, and, and what happened to it? Well, you filled a growler. We we well we filled we filled these seven fifties right right. We have a counter pressure. We can fill it and purge it out and clean it. And when we when we do do our uh, hand hand bottling, it's a little bit more of a procedure. So we didn't want to set that whole thing up, and I didn't want to bring lug down a bunch of growlers on a train. So we filled up these seven fifties and we filled them right from the tap. And we never did it before, so we filled it from the tap, and you know we put a hose. We tried to push all the air out, and then we crowned them. And, uh, you know, my train was delayed. And uh, so it's a little, the carbonation is a little low. But uh, the flavor's still there. So, <laughs> And Matt's learned learn how to uh, pop his transmitter bottles. <laughs> so tell us about that. So you brought transmitter in, another one of these, like, celebrated New York City breweries that we love. And, um, you know, you must love them, too, since you brought I do love that. I mean, I live in the neighborhood in, in Long Island City. Um, and... Uh, and they uh, they welcomed us in right right when they started. We brought their beer into the bar, and uh, we we got off on a, on the right foot. And then they uh, we we all started talking about doing a house beer, and they said let's let's really do a house beer. Pick what you want. Let's come on in and and, and brew something. So a couple of years ago, we started with the BC one, which is a, a dry hopped Belgian pale with a little bit of Brett um, <clears throat> at six and a half percent. It's our house beer, and we brew it. We, we brew it, and we we pour it at, at Beer Culture. And uh, that's what I brought in today. That's what we're, we're tasting now. It's great, man. And this beer with your cheese plate that you serve at Beer Culture is to die for. And it's a, it's, it's a really nice, good together. nice pair. And then our second beer is coming out in about two weeks, the BC2, which is a black hop. I, I love that Transmitter does that. They have these funny initials and... Now, yeah, I, know, it, now it, I know what BC1 yeah. is. It goes along with their, their whole naming profile. So, uh, yeah, the BC2 will be out soon. And what about you guys? So, as is, what, are there some far out beers that you have or certain you know, breweries that you have special relationships with? Uh, yeah, we definitely uh, try to showcase a lot of the local guys. So, a lot of stuff that's coming out of Brooklyn now, there's so many great breweries now. Man, I'll take another. Yeah. Uh, it, it, now you don't have to reach as far. There's so much being brewed right around New York. So we, we tend to have a lot of stuff from Other Half and from Grimm and Finback and those guys. And then we also try to have a number of uh, imported beers as well. The beer that I brought uh, is from OEC, which is the brewery. It's Go sort of on. like an experimental brewery <laughs> that is affiliated with Be United. And you can sort of see that it's starting to... Very, it's alive. It's alive. Uh, so it's, it's up in Connecticut, right? Not too far. Yeah, from it's up in Connecticut. They just had their second year anniversary uh, two weekends ago. So I went out there for that, and they did a big bottle release, and there were people camping out the night before. Uh, it was very cool to kind of tour the facility and see some of the stuff they're doing. I love that this is what we do on a Tuesday. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> we just like sit down, and people bring OEC bottles to share. 
Fantastic. We're, we're already naming some of our cult breweries. You know, it's like it used to be Hill Farm, so now it's, it's Transmitter and it's OEC in Connecticut. I bet most of our listeners have not even heard of OEC. I was lucky. I was there two years ago, too. Pretty wild place. Well, don't you find that there's that fine line? I don't know if you guys have seen this, and, and Ken, you probably do as well, where something is so hard to get and everyone backflips, and then the second they get access, it's like, meh. You know, it's just so funny, the fickle community. It's like. We always talk about that in the brewery. It's like. Uh, well, that was great, but what's next? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's like everybody wants what's next and what's hot and what's coming up. What are you brewing next? I love that, but what, what are you brewing next? So I don't think that'll ever change. So up, in, so up near Albany, where you guys are, what, what are some of the beer bars that uh, you sell to in, in good places? For, like if we go up there in the summertime, some places we should check out. Well, up in Albany, there's some great spots up there. Um, what used to be uh, Mahar's, which was a very well-known bar in Albany, um, is not a Madison Poorhouse. Uh, they do a great job up there. Also, Lionheart Pub. Um, that's also on Madison Avenue, Albany. City Beer Hall is uh, uh, does does great with with, with their beer. Um, the the. The breweries that we just mentioned before, like like it's it's like a treat when we get it. The other half and grim, and you know you get some single cut and you get stuff like that. You come up, you don't see a lot of that up there. And I don't, I'm not I'm not so sure of maybe it's logistically tough for them to get it if they can't brew enough. But when you get something, you know, um, I don't know if you guys, I know Kent Falls is, oh, yeah. is 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 making a presence up in Albany now, and they're doing some great stuff. Um, but those probably the top three beer bars in Albany right there. There's some other ones that, you know, they're trying, but uh, that's why I think there's a lot of room room for growth in the Albany uh, area, honestly. And I'm happy to be in there. We're in a lot more bars than that, but um, those are probably the three top beer bars in, in up there. Yeah. In I'm going to ask a dumb question. It's, it's <laughs> cross. Okay, as beer entrepreneurs, you don't have to answer it. I never said this before in there, but have you guys ever crossed the line in terms of romance with any of your staff? And what do you think about that? What? <laughs> Matt, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But do you, do you no. think should there be policies in place so that like owners can? can no, should not. <laughs> Jimmy, why do you ask? That's a, that's one of those. That's because I'm trying to get people interested on Twitter. Uh, and are you going to be in the paper? Are we going to see you in the paper soon, Jimmy? It's a little bit. I want people on Twitter to say, "Hey, you know, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that." Yeah, I thought Jimmy didn't answer that one. Well, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Ann, you didn't answer either. I'm just going to go well, ahead and before. say everyone's going to give a no regardless. It's what it's you know it's like whatever happens after midnight, I guess. But uh-oh. I work days. Definitely. <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever said. So we broke the ice with that one. But there's got to be another question about beer entrepreneurs. You know, it's like you guys went out and opened a bar. So for you guys, what did it take you to go from, you know, working for someone to opening your own place? You know, I mean, it sort of just was us like, you know, many nights at different bars, drinking a lot of craft beer, being like, oh, we want to, I don't know, maybe we want to do something on our own. And then, you know, craft beer was obviously the like obvious choice for us. So. Uh, and we were, you know, we threw a lot of, uh, we were hanging out at, uh, no, uh, Top Ops a lot at that time. It had just opened. We were kind of living on the Lower East Side. And uh, we kind of liked that model, actually, sort of similar, like, kind of like beer culture, you know, with the, you know, bottle shop slash uh, bar. So uh, we thought about that for a while. And then based on the space we found, we really, really liked it, kind of just, we kind of transitioned into doing a, just a regular craft beer bar. So... Can I ask a question in that vein? Like, and you guys don't have to answer, but running a business or starting a bar in New York City is so over the top expensive and, and just yeah. kind of crazy. How are these getting funded? And you don't have to yeah. say specifically, but I mean, do you just find investors? Is it yeah. something that That's you so. save for? What, what, how do these actually get started? I mean, we kind of had a business plan we sat down and worked on, and 
one of our we have one we have a number of investors but we have one main one and so we kind of worked uh worked with her and, and we kind of yeah just put it together and then we shopped it around to a few other people and they were interested also so cool yeah it was a you know it was a process but Necessary. Well, at least we all have a bunch yeah. of options See, they don't to want, go after Broadway. They, they'll right. talk about you know crossing the line of romance. They don't really want to talk. <laughs> Nobody really wants to talk about finance. It, it, it's, yeah. it's very tricky, you know, because it's like we're always that fine line. Uh, to me, it's like you're one disaster away from going out of business. So, you know, it's, it's always like freaking out if you actually owe people money. But yeah. I don't. Know, how do you guys do? I mean, this is. Good. I think our listeners want to know. But so, Matt, you've been in business a long time. Like for you, how do you deal with your accounts? I mean, are are you like? It could be honest with me. Are you, are you up to date? Do you have you ever have problems? You have to ask. My, for... my biggest, fe- I think, like yours, my biggest fear is getting too far behind and having something sneak up and bite you later on. So, what I like to do, <clears throat> I, I, I like to pay off my my beer suppliers quickly and my my liquor suppliers and everybody else because if you get too far behind in that in that regard, it can it can hurt you. Going COD is not a problem if you're reported SLA for non-payment with some. Some jerk, you owe them 150 bucks for a delivery for something silly, and then they, they report you down the road. It, it doesn't really hurt you there, but it's it's something you want to stay on top of. It's definitely something you want to stay on top of, especially with your, with your big suppliers. I mean, that's that's what you, you want to... You want to make sure it's, it's like a, it's a relationship. You know, they're getting you the good beers and, and products, and yeah, they see that too. Good. And if you keep yourself under forty five or thirty days or whatever it is, they see that AR loves you. Um, they, the chances of you perhaps talking to your your managers in that in, in that distributor and getting a better deal on something or being the first to to get your hands on something it helps. I mean, it's yeah. you know playing playing the good game works sometimes. It seems. In our experience, it's the liquor distributors. They're the harshest because we've had we've been behind a number of times with beer distributors just unintentionally, just sort of, you know, it's a lot to manage now. There's so many self-distribution, and but it's the liquor distributors that if you get behind it all with them, I think one of them in the beginning pinged us with the SLA, and it was actually one of the, it was a union rep who told me, he's like, oh, hey, we were completely unaware, but they're the ones I think that are, not, how do you guys... I don't know if you guys have liquor or not. I think we have liquor on 45th Street. Oh, you do? Okay, right. But no mixers, right? No mixers. No, it's, we have whiskey. Oh, you, you, have you, whiskey. So you actually had to make a deal with the community board, didn't you? Well, some, I, some I, prov- I, I presented that deal where we would, if they would allow us to have a full liquor, I would promise that we would never... Never carry vodka, gin, or rum because we didn't want it. We wanted whiskey, and that's really all we wanted. And they're like, "Well, that's kind of strange, but uh, yeah, okay." They we had a similar uh, deal deal thing we did where basically uh-huh. we they approved us for a four a.m. beer and wine license, and then we kind of decided, oh, well, maybe with this space we could do some liquor, and uh, so we renegotiated with them, and we said, "All right, we'll close at two a.m. on the weekends." And yeah, we just kind of just played with the times a little bit, and they were like, "Yeah, sure." You so you got your liquor. full liquor two a.m. license? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I, when I got my full liquor last year, I agreed to things like not having happy hour and not having TVs. But yeah. I did the same thing. I didn't really do that anyway. So, so I didn't care. oddball, the things that they can throw out there as options. I mean, it's great to have options, you know, and to if you really want to have your liquor, but. I just sometimes I don't get it. Yeah, it's Block Association too, which is the like sort of hyper localized mm-hmm. version of the community board, and they're the ones that seem to be the most vocal, and they have like you know the most. It's always good to get in in with those. I mean, not to say in with those guys as if you're getting over on them, but uh, we've got a really great Block Association on West Forty Fifth Street, and they're really active in the community. 
and we approached him right away and we said, look, see, that's are, how to talk to people. So the way he's talking. <laughs> well, these, these are the things that we, that he's we, a good that neighbor. He is, for. but you have to do, you have to believe it. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to Absolutely. get involved. But you have to cater to what they want too. Cause if they're saying, look, we don't, we either, they, if they, if they don't want you there, they don't want your customers there. You have to figure out a way to, you know, to, to give them something that they want, you know, and, and, um, and be part of the community and creating a you. culture, you know, of, of oh, good oh, customers. Oh. No, but really to create that and kind of with your staff and your product and kind of teaching people how to act respectful, I think helps. And Kenny, I'm, I know you're a good neighbor. So up there in Greene County, what, what are some things that you, you've had to overcome? Or Well, it's all the same thing. It's just a little bit more um, uh, more of an educate. We have to educate people on what we're doing up there because they're not, you know, down here everybody kind of, you know, they get it. But when we first opened, uh, you know, Crossroads in Athens, nobody had a clue. They thought that, you know, the 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 big boy was moving in and uh, all of a sudden it was going to, you know, it was going to be Clydesdale's running down second street, you know? Um, but, uh, it's cause, you, know, I, it's cause I, you had a drywall business, right? That, maybe, like he's got a pickup so. truck. Maybe so. But I love the question that Ann just asked uh, earlier. Um, you know, the financing aspect of it. I mean, when I opened, you know, when we started, uh, the, I, I guess I could say the first crossroads, I mortgaged my house. I mean, we put together, uh, I ran myself into credit card debt. I got two grants. We worked, uh, you know, with the local, uh, the county. Um, so the financing piece that went together for that was most of my money as well as grant money and bank money. So there was a lot of working working parts to that to get this underway. And now I found now with the expansion, because we've kind of proven ourselves and we're a viable business, you know, in five, six years later, not that they're throwing money at us, but this time around for the expansion, I'm not using any of my own money. And we are using bank money. Uh, we're uh, tapping into a lot of grant money um, based on job creation, uh, the local development committee. So things like that to put pieces together is – but it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it, and, it, and little did I know how political it would, would turn out to be. It's so political. I mean, we're in contact. I mean, I had Senator Seward. Schumer was at my place. I mean, the local legislator is there all the time because you have to, you know, you're tapping into free these. Beer. Yeah, it, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. politicians now. But one of the things that... Um, I didn't really mean that. <laughs> if you want to quote Tommy Keegan, when uh, one, one of the best things he ever said when he was interviewed, and I don't know, it might have been one of you guys, when they asked him what... what when somebody wants to get into this business, what what should they do? And he just looked at the camera and he was like, "Accounting 101. Forget <laughs> about making beer. You got to be an accountant and you got to learn your numbers." Awesome. So. Hey, Ann, we're doing something special next Monday. <laughs> yeah, we're doing with something you. amazing next Monday um, at Treadwell Park. We're going to have the brewmaster of Dupont and the brewmaster of Lost Abbey, Tommy Arthur and Olivia Dedeker. Tommy Arthur. Yeah, they're going to be uh, there to talk about their collaboration well, beer we're doing a live show we're doing a live show people can get we just opened up a few more tickets we've been doing it slowly Monday, to make sure it stays june 20th. june 20th you what know what time 2 p.m uh it's, we'll get there at 1 30 we start recording at two so beer sessions if you're listening we'll tweet out the link i think there's about 10 more tickets left tops and it's gonna be a really intimate q and a beer from absolutely it, flights everything's included so it's a special so 
Tom Arthur, Tommy Arthur went to Belgium and made a special beer with. They did a uh, collaboration. Deux amis, <laughs> two friends, uh, Belgian American saison. We're going to taste wow. a couple rarities. So it was like a launch Dupont. party. Yeah, it's a live the first radio show. Wow. in New York, and then they get an intimate Q and A. Can be as geeky as possible with your questions and ask two masters. How, how can of we the find craft. out about? Uh, beer se- we'll tra- Yeah, there is. Um, you can. You know what? Why don't we just tweet it out? Beer sessions. We'll tweet it out. Uh, Fred Will Park. The link, yeah. All right. Okay, guys, we'll take a short break back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Good job. Well, she's her own. She's her own female. She's her own female. That's why I like her. I like her a lot. And she don't know that she's her own female. She's her own female and she don't know. That's why I like her a lot. I got a cab to the cafe to play the charming young man. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. While wow, we're drinking... Crossroads from Athens, New York. Transmitter, OEC. we got some uh, beer entrepreneurs in the house. Beer culture and as is a new bar. And uh, Kenny Landon, Crossroads Brewery. <laughs> Good to have you back, man. I, I miss you, man. You were, used to come down the city a lot, and I know you just you guys are so busy up there. I think the first time I was on the show, uh, and you weren't here. Jen, Jen was here, right? Jen Swartman, yeah. yeah our blind, another blind tiger lady. Yeah, yeah, Jen Who's was moved here. out to uh, Ventura, California. She's going to open her own bar. She's been in a bar, yeah. Oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, the best of luck to her. So let's go to questions. We had, we've had some good introductory talks. and I know you have a question. I do. Um, you know, with all this great legislation, and I think that New York has been really supportive of the beer industry, this farm brewery license, all of us in the city know it, and we're excited that, you know, all these breweries are supporting. But how is it reflected upstate? Like, what are you seeing from the hop growers and the maltsters and, like, the farmers? Like, what is the feedback that you're seeing? I think it's going to be a um, – they they stretch the boundaries a little bit on this one. Um, you know, 20% now, I think it goes to 40 or 60%, and then to 80% by – 2022 we're struggling right now in our hop contracts you know i'm already for us i'm not even open with with 25 barrel system that i'm looking to put in we're already looking at hop contracts out to 2019 and no one in new york state is going to have that we don't even jimmy you visited uh uh the the um the malt and grain um, facility in Germantown. Yeah, Hudson Valley Malt, yeah. I mean, they're they're maxed out, and they're only supplying small breweries. I think that the farm brewery license is going to be a challenge. Um, I'm, inter- I'm going to be quite interested to see what happens, but I don't think they can fulfill it. I really don't. How do you think they can solve that? I mean, what do you need more? Land? Actually, I'm going to jump in. They already are. <laughs> There's more malt facilities than you can imagine. There's more farmers growing hops. And, and, and I think that, like, talk about entrepreneurs, like Ken Migliarelli, who's a farmer up up, up near you in sure. Hook, yep, New York. Yeah, know him well. Yep. Uh, he was growing grain as a cover crop, and this guy, Jake, from, from the ground, you can listen to our show next week. But um, basically now he's he's got 40 acres of uh, special barley that's, gonna, that's for beer. So I, I think you're going to see it in a couple of years faster than you think. There's already malt facilities. There's more hops. And it's just going to get better. That's the thing. It's going to be consistency. They're going to know wh- which which grains to grow for the climate. And uh, you're, you're gonna, there's Indian ladder farms up, up by 
above Albany, they're, they're growing hops. So I think that question's been already being answered, and I think that we can only say, like, we do events, like, I hate to be preaching, but it's happening, man, you know? Great, next question, Matt. You asked a question to these new guys. They're open a, they open a beer bar, and you've been doing it a long time. What would you want to ask them? I guess, is there anything, uh, now that you, what you said you're about four and a half months in? Yeah, about four and a half. Is there anything major you would have changed? Um, Besides your mind? Yeah, I <laughs> Give Kenny a mic, come on. He's the funniest guy here. Uh, I think if we could have gone back and done it again, and I'm sure that you guys would probably both agree, Jimmy and Matt, uh, you wouldn't have bought the flux capacitor? <laughs> hey, we have one at Treadwell. <laughs> don't knock it. It's awesome. We don't have a flux capacitor. Justin's laughing at that. Uh, we probably would have taken over a space that had previously been a bar or restaurant. The space that we took over was a uh, laundromat. You built from scratch? Yeah, we built from scratch. Dude. And so, uh, you know, that when you walk into a space and you see it's just bare and it's beautiful and there's all this exposed brick, it's um, you know, enticing. It's enticing. <laughs> It also took a lot longer than we uh, we had hoped. I mean, there were a lot of landlord issues, like we said. I, the landlord who we had, who was just recently in the Times, he's being uh, he's, he's sued by Bruno Pizza in the East Village, right near you, Jimmy, and also by a number of others, and he's facing like 25 years. Uh, so wow. the landlord we were working with obviously wasn't the best, and so you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of hangups there getting open as uh, as anyone who knows us. But you're open, man. You guys we're open. Kid. So yeah, there's that, that was like the one thing that we. So could find have. some old deli or coffee shop yeah. and turn it into a bar. At least it has the structure and the plumbing and uh, everything in place. And I think that even if you're going to gut it, the bare bones are there, and I think that would would have sped things up greatly. All right, you guys now have a question for Kenny. He's been open for a while. He's yeah, so a- I, I'm curious of hearing more about. Uh, like what the the brew house is like, and also like do you have a tasting room. I, I haven't I haven't been up there, so I'm- I well Crossroads Crossroads in Athens is a we're a fully functional brew pub. We have a hundred seat restaurant in there, so there's a lot of there's there's a lot of work. We brew, we wholesale, we retail, and we also you know we bring customers in and serve food to them. So that's a lot of work. And one of the things that I didn't realize because when we opened five years ago, the laws were different. That's, you know, New York State didn't require you, you know, you, you had to have food. Now you don't have to have food. So we had to show that we were a fully functional restaurant before we could serve alcohol. So that was a challenge for us. And like I said earlier, I'm from, I'm a drywall guy. I didn't, I don't know anything about the restaurant industry. I just wanted to make beer. That's all I wanted to do, you know. And now all of a sudden I, I got 25 people working, um, Servers, chefs, sous chef. I don't like. What am I doing? What am I out of my mind? <laughs> like another question because you, you've been making good beer. Tap New York. Uh, you won some awards. You know you've changed. You have a different brewer now. Tell us what awards you won at Tap New York and, and what it means for you as a brewer in New York. Well, I you know kudos to uh, you know our, our brewer now Adam uh, Krujak who uh, took over the helm from Hutch when Hutch everybody knows went to uh, you know the culinary so he was taught by someone who's probably one of the most uh, respected and well known brewers in the Northeast and nicest yeah and uh, I can't you know can't say enough about Hutch um, but yeah we won uh, the Vassar Cup at New York uh, at, at Tap for uh, the best brewery in the Hudson Valley and also. Um, we won a bunch of silver medals, and um, one of them, or two of them, happened to be uh, Adam's uh, recipe. So uh, we did well up there, and it's always, 
it's it's good. It's good recognition. It's good PR. Um, it's good for us, uh, especially since Hutch had just left in September, and now Adam. You know, there was a lot of people who you know kind of gave up on us and said, "Hey, you know, you're going to be able to produce great beer still." And you know, we proved to everybody that we could. So that was uh, it, it, that. It, it was big for us. It really was. But Congrats. Well deserved. Thank you. Well, it's a special show. We've got uh, two great beer bars, Beer Culture, and you, you, you're wearing your transmitter T-shirt, and you brought in transmitter. And uh, tell us again, so how did you go in and make – some bars do this and some bars don't. You actually went in and, with transmitter, and you, and you have your own beer. It, it all started with uh, – Saranac was letting us pop our name on one of their products early on, just shortly after we had opened. And the guys from transmitter had opened up, and they were like, come on. Like, if you really want to have your name on a beer – Make it your beer. And it was they were so right about that. I just hadn't had the outlet yet. So uh, they, we sat down and we talked. We wrote out some recipes. And um, they let us come in and brew under their guidance, of course. And, uh, and that's really how it started. And then it actually became a, a good, a decent seller from the brewery itself for themselves and for us. And So they, they sell it as other places besides They do, product. yeah. I mean, it's, it's bottled. They sell it. Um, I gave them the thumbs up if, if a bar wanted to purchase it. I mean, as long as there's enough for us first. You know, if somebody wants to buy a case, they can buy a case. I think that'd be cool. Get the name out there for both of us. Um, and plus, I think it's just a, a fine, fine beer. Hey, you know what's funny, too, about beer culture? So it's a great place for craft beer. I send a lot of my customers there, and it's great. And for all the amazing craft beer, I always make sure to tell them to check out Grandfather's Fridge. Mm. Can you talk about that? Because I think it's just awesome. Yes. So Grandpa's Fridge on... on uh, you know about I, this, Kenny? That beer culture. It's a 1952 Kelvinator <laughs> that I got from a father and son pickers duo in, in, uh, in Jersey right before we opened. For like 400 bucks and the refrigerator works better than any other refrigerator in the, the, uh, the better than the ten thousand dollar refrigerators that i've got in there and uh, have you guys seen this is anyone yeah, yeah, you know it. It? Yeah, i've seen it kenny's laughing the minute you said it well it's it's awesome. stocked with with all the all the shit beer that your grandfather drinks and my grandfather drinks the jenny and pbr and schaefer and uh would have you. Schaefer is the one bit <laughs> So when you're having more than one. That's right. Maybe beer sessions can bring back the Miss Rheingold competition. Or we could have some songs, too. <laughs> yeah. And then you guys over here. So as is, um, you guys brought in one of my favorite breweries in the Northeast, OEC, kind of culty and small. and um, Very good. It, it's is that is that something you, you're going to serve at your place? Uh, yeah, we have we have a couple kegs of it uh, that we are holding on to. They're going to go on at some point. We're doing a beer dinner with Be United, which is the importer that OEC is affiliated with, and so we're doing a a beer dinner. Uh, it's going to be either the 27th or 28th of June. It's going to sort of be like a multi-course dinner, and then uh, George from Be United is going to be. There and we've been kind of selecting beers from their portfolio, uh, and I think we'll also probably have a, a, a keg of OEC as well. So uh, the OEC stuff comes to the city very, very in very small amounts. So it's you know it's, it's a treat to see. Well, it's it worth traveling. Anywhere. You go up by New Haven. I think it's Oxford, Connecticut. Yeah, that's right. And it's a uh, OEC. They actually have a little farm there and experimental yeah, so barrel this, aging. This, this beer that we're drinking right now is uh, made with grapes that they grow on. You know, on the I guess it's not really a farm, but it's it's on their estate, which is they're growing herbs and grapes and 
They have uh, some like experimental citrus growing in a greenhouse that they have there. So it's a pretty impressive facility. I'm really impressed you brought this in, man. I'm like, we got some of the best stuff in the Northeast. We got transmitter, we got crossroads. And Kenny, I know you have one last beer. I'm gonna pop one more for us. Or it's all you brought all the stays on. Excuse me. I have. Um, I'll leave it for you guys. Um, but we have the Outrage IPA carbonation. He had. We had a tough time filling that, so it's a little low. So maybe so you, just, you, fill, you just fill these bottles. I don't know if I want to crack open the porter though with all the, the sours here. I mean, it might be a little contradicting, but I mean, we can do it. Go for it, Bob. We got more than merrier. Yeah. So all Anna, right. it's it's cool. So we're going to do our first kind of we're recording live. It won't be a live show, but we're actually recording with an audience at the Treble Park. Yeah. On Monday, June 20th. I mean, this is Olivia's first time in the United States, and uh, I had the pleasure of going out to visit the brewery DuPont in Belgium. Makes my favorite beer, Cezanne DuPont, amongst others. And one of the most humble, we're talking fourth generation brewmaster, and you know, you see so many, like we're saying, how many new breweries are popping up every day? And this guy's been doing it better than most for so long, and is just humble and, and just loves what he does. It's, I'm, I'm thrilled. Very excited. And Tommy Arthur, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, hello. We don't even get his beers in New York, so that's going to be a treat, too. I got some red poppy, some things so one, in bottle. Just one of those tasting, legends that we ha- we've been dying to meet. So I know. It's going to be great. It's and that nice. show will air, air sometime this summer. And, yeah. uh, you know, another big shout-out, our, our good buddy, um, John LaPolia, who's uh, Bitter and Esther's in Brooklyn. Um, Bitter and Esther's and Brew to Share, they have a special event coming up. Their third annual New York City Brewers Pro Am. What's it is? They have they pair five home brewers with local pro breweries and collaborate on a recipe and brew together. That beer will be available at Covenhoven on Saturday, June twenty fifth. Covenhoven, one of our favorite uh, beer bars in Brooklyn, another good beer seal bar. So check it out. Um, I think the link is on probably Bitter and Esters. Just Google it. Google uh, Bitter and Esters and their third annual Pro Am. And I love that. I just love. And I bet you up, up at Crossroads. I mean, the thing about home brewers work, working with breweries. Do you have any home brewers coming in and, and collaborating on special batches of uh, beer or anything? We we don't do any collaborations like that, but we do. You know, we um, we host a home brewers club. They come in once a month. They sit down. We also do a cast night um, every Thursday, which has kind of become a, um, a a good gathering for everyone. Uh, and they also they bring in. The group of people they bring in different beers from all over the place, and they all share it, and they share it with all the customers, um, and so everybody gets to try different stuff that's out there, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been. I, I probably couldn't have done what I did up there down here, financially, mentally, physically. I mean, it was just it was just easier for me to do it up there. So I'd love to be down here. I'm from down here. I miss it. You know, I like to come down as much as I can. But I you're um, from the south. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Plus, the next time you come, you gotta let. Are you gonna ask me how to say water? Hey, water? Are you water? The next time you come down, you gotta bring a keg to as is beer culture. <laughs> Ants place is in. All right, hey, and guys, give a quick wrap. Everyone, guys, thanks for coming in. Everyone, say their name, full name, and, and where you're from, and we'll go around the room. Uh, Brandon Duff, and uh, originally from Phoenix, Arizona. So, but yeah, and you're with what? Uh, as is Benjamin Pratt. As is. All right. Down south. Thanks, Ann. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ken Landon, co-owner of Crossroads Brewing Company. I'm in Athens now, but originally from scenic Queens, Bayside, Bayside, Queens. <laughs> I'm Matt Gebhard, owner of Beer Culture and Gebhard's Beer Culture. Originally from upstate New York. and uh, That's why I invited you on. I'm supposed to be talking about upstate. All right. Yeah, and we can, uh, what's the address of As Is again? It's uh, 734 10th Avenue. It's like 50th Street and 10th Avenue. 50th right Street and 10th, and then 45th Street, 72nd Street. It was like Street. Beer Culture Pony Bar. Yeah, you could do a total yeah. beer crawl. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Crawling, yeah. 
Oh, Good yeah. stuff. And again, big shout out. Check out Bitter Nesters, their Brew to Share event coming up uh, June 25th at Kovenhoven. And uh, listen in next week. We've got a special show on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for joining here, everybody. Um, thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy, our engineer, David Tadashur. And uh, thanks for listening. See you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.